Welcome back to another episode of Hold My Bread. I'm Matt Backus with your host, Joel. Oh, Lukowski. Hello. Credits. Gather around. Let's join the Gluten Game for It Is Time to Carbo Load. You are listening to Hold My Bread, the $6,562.00. And twenty-one cent podcast. Holy moly! I didn't know numbers went that high. I think we were this high uh, a week or so ago, but it was unsustainable. And then we've made some major moves. I've lost my mind. But we were so, we were in this territory once before. Am I wrong on that? You are not wrong. These these are waters we've been in before. Because it was a big deal when we crossed five grand, and it was a big deal when we crossed. Like six grand, but I feel like we were at sixty five hundred. Like this number exactly, like two weeks ago. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Close to like almost. I'd be curious to see how close to the cent we were because I feel like we were pretty close. Um, no, I'm wrong. We were. I don't think we. Um, it's tough to say. It's hard to read charts. No, this is Even it. the ones we make ourselves. This is it. This is our record high, but I've thrown down a little bit myself. Meanwhile, we've gone crazy. I'm sorry I started the dead air right in the beginning of the show. I'm such a knucklehead. Uh, you know, it's okay. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're set. It's, you know, noon. We're, we're here. We're ready. We got a lot of stuff prepared. It's totally okay. We'll make up for it. And I've lost my mind. Like, I'm, I'm normally a pretty measured, chill guy and... Maybe it's the stir craziness. Maybe it's month 11, but I've been pretty strict about not leaving my apartment. So I am playing with numbers left and right out here. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the big short? You're in there listening to heavy metal music, playing the drums on your knee. That is me. I'm spinning records. I'm lifting weights. I'm studying finance. I'm doing drugs. I'm making trades. I'm building the statistical model for my gambling. I'm doing yoga and jogging and making soups and just playing with money the whole time. Absolutely. It sounds like a great life. Oh, it's crazy. And it's everything I've ever wanted, but it's like purgatory because I never leave my house. Yeah. So well, I guess let's go get into the portfolio First and foremost. Absolutely. And before we get going in this one, I just want to share a, a red flag that's just like a personal feeling. Doesn't seem like things are too good to be true for everyone right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say that. I mean, it th- seems like I think things have been so bad for so long that now we're even seeing a slight bit of give in the right direction. I think everyone's kind of overcompensating a little bit or maybe not. I don't know. But just in a vacuum about the stock market, I you're a social creature. You talk about trading with everyone and seems like everyone's winning right now. Yeah, I just did a show yesterday and I talked to a lot of people at the show that were talking about how well they were doing with with what the different stocks they've picked up. And it's very interesting to see not to get too far off topic, but it is interesting to me to see um, the how many people have taken the opportunity to um, get into stocks during this pandemic. I mean, I know that's the thing we've kind of talked about before, but after going out and doing that show yesterday and really getting to talk to people, people really did take this as an opportunity to really take their, their finances into their own hands and get invested in the stock market. That's, that's kind of crazy. Cause I feel like a year ago, this, 
No, I guess not a year ago, but maybe a year ago. I mean, you wouldn't have had this many conversations with people about about investing, and you you know, people can really keep up for the most part in in a in a decent conversation. Yeah, and it's not rude to talk about money anymore. Like boomer generations, it's oh, you know, it's impolite. You keep it in the dark, but you know, now we're out in the open, and there is like sharing information and there is a bit of collective so we are going to be a little scattered this week because this may be our, our episode that's highest on passion and i've been i've been getting a lot of people hitting me up that are just like does matt still have his GameStop stock and answer the viewers do you have it no i don't have it i um i made a profit i think i sold it I sold it after that first initial pop. After the, after the last week's episode, I sold it after the first initial pop, and uh, I'm not upset about it. I'm not. I'm not upset that I didn't hold longer. I I really didn't expect this whole thing to happen. So no, I do not have it. Um, but I did make a little bit of money off of it, so I will not complain. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not suffering from uh, FOMO or anything like that. Obviously, it would have been nice to have it longer and to win more. But I did make a little bit of money, so I can't complain. And. On the other hand, you didn't commit fraud because what happened with GameStop? That's a Wall Street bet stock. And for the past year, we're talking about how everyone's making money in the stock market. And it is kind of linked just to this one Reddit, right? Right. Well, so do you, do you, for those people not familiar, the, the term short squeeze has been being placed, uh, has been been thrown around. Do you know what a short squeeze is? In baseball or trading? Trading. <laughs> All right, bring me up to speed. A short, so a short squeeze is a rapid increase in the price of a stock uh, owing primarily to technical factors in the market rather than like underlying fundamentals. So it's like basically on paper, it doesn't really make sense, but there's uh, technical factors in, uh, in the market that are like increasing it. So a short squeeze can occur when there is a lack of supply and an excess of demand in the stock due to short sellers covering uh, their positions. So it results when like short sellers of a stock move to cover their position. They purchase large volumes of that stock uh, relative to the market's volume. And then since covering the positions involves buying shares, the short squeeze causes like further rise in the stock price. Okay. That's a lot of words. Okay. Put that in two sentences for me. Basically um, the, the, there's the 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 people were like sure uh, I can't even do it they were they're buying up all this the, 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 there were certain there were only a certain number of shares available for GameStop and they were brought bought up by a handful of people and uh, it, it increased the stock price a ton um, so it's kind of like let's say you're a middle schooler right and you're selling yo-yos out of your backpack your mom went to Sam's Club she bought 24 yo-yos and you're just you're selling them out of your backpack so you're getting this is basically you you get all the popular kids to do do the yo-yos during recess under the agreement it'll drive up the price of your yo-yos and then you'll split all the yo-yo profits you you have a share of stake in them you make them in vogue and then you reap the profits yeah that's yeah exactly that's perfect and that's kind of been the model based off this Reddit for a year. And you know what? Now we kind of, that we've seen such a big track record, the questions being bandied about in the, in, especially in the, in response to this GameStop thing where 
$69 a share for like a retail store when people download the games. It's ridiculous. So there is the question, is this fraud? Yeah, I mean, it happened. It occurred. I mean, they stopped. They stopped the uh, they froze it. They froze the stock price at one point because they were like, this is and they do that. We've seen that happen. I feel like somewhat a couple times in, in recent. Yeah, history. they've hit the breakers that, when that happens. That's that's a big deal. Absolutely, it is. So they hit stop and then the SEC, they actually issued some warnings about how people use their social media, what the responses are. So it does seem like this could be the new frontier for, you know, financial adjudication. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that they've never really had to do before. They've never really had, I feel like the SEC has been, has never been in a position where they need to really monitor and really, not monitor, but really need to like hold social media accountable. And there's, there's talks, I've seen a lot of posts on Wall Street bets about people saying, you know, kind of covering their asses so that the, the form doesn't get shut down. I would be really disappointed if that happened because there's a lot of good information on there. There are a lot of good stock tickers that people discuss and, and not just in a way where it's like, you should buy this, you should buy that. There are, there is good information. And it kind of, I sent you, I think I sent you the SEC statement on social media and stock promotion. And they really are putting out, they, they're really putting it out there. And I think it's a, this is a, a thing that may not be able to happen much longer, but I do think, and I'm going to get it. I want to get into it a little bit later. Um, but I do think that this is, this GameStop thing is a thing that can and will happen again. Oh, and it's been, it's happening regularly throughout the year. And now it's just like very much out in the open. And now they want to look for it. And I guess the problem is that this is, this is so new. I mean, like 10 years ago, what's a Reddit, what's trading on the internet. Like all this stuff is kind of just speculative and now this government, this big bureaucracy expected to like efficiently rule 350 million people under new parameters, they're going to be a little slow to catch up. Right. A hundred percent. And as we, I mean, the SEC, no matter what they're doing, they're going to be, I think they're a little out of date with what they've got going on. Uh, and, and as far as keeping up with like social media and everyone else and Reddit, the hive mind, all that stuff, I think they're going to be very far uh, I don't know. It's just a thing they've never had to do before. You know, it's it's not easy to do anyway, and they've never had to deal with this before, so they're not going to do it very well. And this is kind of like the generation gap, too, because perception means so much more to millennials, Generation Z, than the, the boomers, and maybe even Gen X a little bit. But now that perception is kind of like influencing the prices of these stocks. And, you know, with the information sharing... You have a, a sort of flimsy valuation system. You have an ability to manipulate. So, I mean, I'm reaping the profits off this. Like, this led us to Neo. I found out about DraftKings from, like, a Twitter guy I followed and DM'd. So, I'm on the right side of this. And even I kind of have to conclude, oh, it's wrong. Oh, do you do think it's where you feel wrong? Yeah, I think it's fraud, and I think it's fraud built throughout the entire system, you know? Like, this is no different than what happens at the the highest ability. But, you know, once we see individuals are profiting, but once we see that big institutions, once they're able to manipulate, that's where it gets scary for me. And, like, the next level of this is where we're going to see it bad. Like, the market right now, Reddit, Wall Street bets, 
is Facebook in 2012. I don't want to see what it's like when it's Facebook in 2020. Uh, that's a very good. Uh, that's a very good uh, comparison. I think you're right about that. Uh, it is interesting to see. Um, already, there's talks of like they're really posting about what, how ways to keep themselves stable and to not get themselves in trouble because they will just delete reddits i mean there are reddits that get removed all the time all and, the uh, time and reddits are possible. terrified of it and even like a post that i liked for that for, for okay so the ccive i saw that on a reddit post that made me do my own research and when i went back to reference it as we were recording last week that post was taken down yeah, that happens a lot. I will save posts and I go back to check them and they're gone. Well, and I think this is a good opportunity for us to kind of cover our asses where it's like we are not giving you. I mean, you actually have to be um, you have to be like registered as a professional to provide investment advice. And we're not giving advice, really. We're just giving you some tools to do your own research and to make your own decisions. We're not selling, you know, we're joking around a lot. We're a comedy podcast with finance in it, I think. And uh, we are just trying to tell you, like, these are companies that we're looking at and you need to do your own research. All we can do is give you the tickers. We can't, we're not telling you to go out and buy this or buy that. Um, even if we say that, well, well, you need to do your own research and things like that because that's a big deal. I think that's gonna that's gonna come up here in 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 a couple of uh, weeks, months, years where it's gonna be a bigger issue with social media and 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 stuff like that. So just to put that out there. And you know, I'm glad you took it there, Matt. I think we're entering a new phase with this podcast. We're different as men than when we started it. We have different goals, and we're making a little bit of money. And now we have people subscribing to the Patreon. And I guess I really want to reflect about what we're doing here and what our purpose is with this show. And that being said, I think there could be an opportunity to leverage the little influence we have to do a bit of good. Absolutely. You texted me this the other day and I think it's a great uh, we've I think honestly we've touched on this before on the podcast, but I think we've really never, uh, you know, put a plan together. And it seems like we've got that set and up a little bit. This is something I bitch about all the time that I'm a progressive. I live in a liberal bubble. Other people bandy this about about the certain wrongs. So I'm let's talk about incarceration. So I, I talked about how I'm stuck in my apartment Every once a week, I try and go to a museum just to be in a different room, take some different inputs. And I saw some really good prison artwork and kind of opened up. I might have talked a little bit about the processes. And it was a general like incarceral perspective about their conditions, their lives. And you really just got to know these people as individuals. And I think a lot of people on our side, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that there's a lot to be desired in our justice system. And moreover, the fact that we have large prisons that are publicly traded companies, that seems problematic to me. And that seems like we can all admit that was in the wrong. Yeah, I mean, people are literally profiting off of crime. And this is something that people are upset about, but I think it can be actually pushed over the ledge because 
they're not as ingrained as you would think. They're more vulnerable than you would expect. And I think with the, the, the right utilization of cancel culture, we can get two stocks kicked off the New York Stock Exchange. And those two stocks, they represent the private prison stocks in America. And one of those is J.C. Penny. No, no, um, that that goes into it because because uh, no. that J.C. Penny got kicked off the New York Stock Exchange, and you know what? Private prisons they came up under Reagan. So if they kicked off J.C. Penny, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, you came up in the mid '80s, but you don't belong to our world anymore. So you know what? You're off the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, I agree. I, I it's. It, well, and I feel like it's a cliche thing to say, but it is true. It's like you hear, you watch these, like there's old movies and there's old news uh, stories and old storylines of just these rich politicians making money off of private prisons. I mean, that is just, it's just so inherently evil. And, you know, it's not even the fact that people are making money off prisons. It's the fact that these are run like corporations and corporations, you know, they just kind of push people into the margins. So there's two companies in particular. And the first is CCA and the second is GEO. And, you know, they're trading for like six to eight dollars a share down from a one time high of about one hundred and fifty. And that fall came when a lot of big institutional investors, I'm talking JP Morgan and that ilk, they came out and they spoke against having any stock in private prisons. So when that happened, it fell off. But once that happened, there was no groundswell of activism on the part of individuals to support it. So like, it's weird that the big financial gestures, they, they knocked the first blow, but it wasn't supported by anyone. There was no momentum behind that. Yeah. So I think you just have to, to make the case that these things are bad. And that's pretty easy to do because you can talk about how they make money charging people from their ankle bracelets. You can talk about how because of where these companies are headquartered, you can't actually track who has ownership of the stock unless they have 6%. So these judges who send people to jail, they could own the stock, we'll never know. Right. And I've seen, you know, if you've ever, I, uh, my, I don't have any experience with prison, but I have seen the food that these, the, the people that are, that are they're being served in prison has no nutritional value. It's not good food. It's clearly an example of them trying to keep prices low, trying to save money, trying to, uh, keep the stock price, uh, up and trying to keep profits you know, flowing, uh, and the, the food they're being fed is terrible. They're being obviously mistreated. It's just the conditions are, it's the worst. It's clearly run for profit. And because of the stuff that's run for profit, you can't actually bring a federal complaint against a prison. You can do it against your individual officer, but there's no adjudication because it's outsourced. And there is actually a system. There's no oversight because if you complain about an officer and you lose your complaint, that's a strike against you. You get punishment starting on the second strike. Unbelievable. I mean, absolutely not surprising. I shouldn't say unbelievable. Not surprising at all because that is like that's like some somebody brought that like rule up and ever and enough people were like, "Yes, that sounds fair to where that's just the standard now." 
Yeah, and now there's stuff like it's $25 for a 15-minute call. There's commissary markups. It's bloated every step of the way, and there's no oversight about it. So, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to make the case that these are wrong and that the public shouldn't be able to make money on how healthy they are as companies. And it's just two stocks. We make a 60-second video making the case. We get face-to-faces with a couple of influential local politicians stating what we want to do. And then we kind of talk about it on our pod. Maybe we release Patreon-only episodes about this. But, you know, this is an easy way to make a difference in the world. It's two companies that are at their all-time weakest. And we we know people who are a little bit successful who would shed the, the... who would spread the word. And this is just an issue of cancel culture. If people can lose their TV shows because people are pissed off being traded on the New York stock exchange is not a right. It's a privilege. Right. And if you're making profits off of, uh, I mean, well, we haven't, we didn't even touch on the fact that there's like, they're basically using slave labor in these prisons. Yeah, absolutely. It's problematic across like every checklist on like, the progressive intersectional list. So yeah, there's a laundry list of terrible, terrible things associated with them, but you know, they, it all gets dressed up. It was, they came out because there was a, like a war on crime under Reagan. And these aren't some long established part of the American culture. This shit's been around since the mid eighties. Yeah, and I wonder. I'd be curious. I mean, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? I bet the I bet the stock prices. What was their fifty-two week high? Did you say? Fifty-two uh, week high. Um, I'm I'm not sure about the fifty-two. I know it's been low, and I know it's actually very hard to compute the stock price for CCA Core Civic because they had to convert to an REIT, and they have some strangely oppressive dividend obligations. So. Who is to say? Either way, uh, this has been a thing that's been going on for a long time. It's 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 not even I don't even want to say it's outdated because it was never it never should have been a thing. But uh, it's just so it's comically like a movie esque evil. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not saying that prison shouldn't exist. I'm not saying that I'm trying to overhaul the legal justice. I'm saying I live in New York City. These are traded in New York City. I see this going on in my backyard. And as a citizen, it doesn't feel right to me ethically. They can be kicked off this exchange. They can be traded all over the world. There's many other exchanges. I just don't think it should be happening in the most liberal city in the country. Yeah, it's a bit it's a but it's a bit hypocritical. I think a lot of the stock market is hypocritical, to be honest, but I think this is a case where it's definitely worth uh, raising the stink about. Yeah, it's just so far over the line. So if so, here's where you guys can help me. One thing I'm looking for is an example of companies that have been punished for cancel culture via because of ethical reasons. Maybe they were kicked off an exchange. Maybe they were penalized by the SEC. Not quite insider trading, but it's like who they were was bad, and like it's kind of like a they were treated like a country club. We did they weren't wanted as a member. So if anyone can have find anything on that and they send it to me, that would be very cool. 
that would be very cool. And I, you texted me. I'm, honestly, you texted me that, and I was like, I don't really know how this is gonna go. What he's talking about, but um, after I kind of did a little bit of my own research, and after just hearing you talk, I mean, it does seem it seems attainable, and it seems like it's worth making an effort for. Yeah, and like, what what's the worst case? You have this line on your resume. Oh, what did you do with your free time during quarantine? Oh, I I, I tried to get private prison stocks delisted. And like, so many of us go through this life like thing about how we can do good, and like, this seems like a way to do good with our exact skill sets. So, I think it might be worth kicking the tires on. Yeah, I can get behind that. I'm not. A, I, I definitely can get behind that. All right, and so I I. I emailed Elizabeth Warren because she actually she was the leading proponent of this. This was one of her like checklist items for her 2020 campaign. And I actually think that's the case because it is so easily achievable. Yeah, I mean, she seems to see she sees something that's there that's 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 definitely, I mean, able to I don't know. I don't think she's she is a politician, but I don't think she is blind to the fact that it's it's an attainable goal. I feel like some people get so lost in like the ability their their abilities or get lost in the power they can actually do to do things. I think she actually sees that it's attainable for people to do and work together to accomplish. Yeah, and you know, I just think it's uh, maybe doable. Uh, just a couple fun things I saw while researching this. Um, a lot of their stocks are owned by institutions. Uh, my boy Vanguard is really keeping them afloat. I think they have a ton of them. So if you are a retiree, you, you probably got some of that in your portfolio right now. Private prison stock? Yeah, because they, their dividends are really good. So like people in retirement... It's a. It's actually been proffered to them as like an awesome stock, and that's why their stock price is so low. Like, it's because they give out away most of their money. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're. That's why prisoners are eating mush for dinner every night because you need to make your ninety cents. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And another fun thing I've. Sometimes it is fun to make fun of a uh, identity politics as like. A progressive thing and i did see as one of the pro private prison pages because you got to read both sides they said that they have a more diverse workforce than the, the federal prisons oh that's good then that's good to know well you're right you got to look at both sides and it's nice to see some positivity yeah you know i they i imagine it's just looks like the lineup of a show at union hall Anyone who wants to get hired from Chicago is automatically brought right in to work as a prison guard at a private prison. Uh, um, what does this say? First private prison was in is San was in San Quentin. Yeah, San Quentin was the first private prison. Actually, that's like the big deal prison. Yeah, I'm more of a sing sing man. And if you if you look up the Louisiana State Prison, that's hell. There was some of that in the uh, exhibit at PS One. What about Rikers? Isn't is Rikers closed? Rikers is has been closing forever. Um, Rikers, I don't want to talk about it too much on the air because we know some people who work there occasionally. So I have some insights that could get them in trouble. But yeah, it's fucking terrible. I yeah, I've heard I I've heard things about Rikers that keep me up at night and they they were just reported to me as like facts and the thing is Rikers isn't a prison Rikers is like a county jail that's where you go for shoplifting 
or stuff like that. Driving on a suspended license. I didn't realize that. And that's just because New York has so many people. Like, I spent the night in jail for riding my bike on the sidewalk and hopping at Turnstile. And both those experiences were terrifying. I I believe that. I'm Not to name names, but a friend of ours um, was arrested and held for overnight for... Uh, for jumping a turnstile like i watched him jump a turnstile we got on the train they yanked him off the train and i was like oh they're gonna give him a ticket i'll just go upstairs and wait for him and i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting and they took him away in a cop car i didn't see him until later that night i don't think he was taken to rikers but he was definitely spending most of his night in jail yeah, over, over, over that so. yeah and if just getting processed is so harrowing and i'm talking about like i saw extreme violence both times like just imagine what one step above that is I also like that you said not to name names, and then you didn't name names. <laughs> not to name names. Name. Not to name names, but a friend of ours. Yeah. Who who was it? I I gotta know that name. I'll tell you after we get off air. Is this but it's a bird? The it, last name's a bird. Is this really so scandalous? They they hopped a turn. I feel like it's Billy Madison, and you're telling me what color Miss Lippy's car is. Miss Lippy's car is green. Billy likes to drink soda. Yeah, this milk could be our milk. All right, so should we get into the fun we've had playing with our money? Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk turkey. All right. So first of all, there was another penny stock I liked, AITX. Similar to Plug, actually, the hottest stock around. You gotta love the ticker here. Artificial Intelligence Technologies. Wow, I didn't know what that's what that was. I do like that. Yeah, it's supposedly a two-year buy-and-hold. I threw down $350 on that. You need to go to TD Ameritrade. And just for them being in this set, it's similar to what the ENRT is. It's just like you throw down a little bit. It's high upside and one, one penny stocks in lithium. The other is in artificial intelligence. If they just make it as companies, they'll probably be worth a lot. Interesting. I like this. Yeah. And well, and we kind of, I mean, I don't think plug is unattainable, um, but I do think that um, it's nice to be able to have a point of entry that's so low with so much upside. Yeah. And that's the, and penny stock Twitter is always a blast. This guy, you have the, CEO. He's very active on Twitter. He's always posting. And you know what? His picture is him as a cyborg. And that's who I want as president of artificial intelligence technology solutions. Yeah, that's passion. The man's passionate about what he does. Yeah, let's have him on the pod, actually. And let's have, we'll, we'll, we'll have a bot as the third mic, and he'll figure out who's artificial intelligent here. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Yeah, fake intelligence. I like yeah. that. Fake intelligence is definitely me. Oh, I go to school. I always have food on my face, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I bought a, I bought a little of that, and then CCIV Churchill Capital. It's taken off. We bought it for like seventeen ish. Now it's up to twenty three dollars a share. Twenty three forty one as we speak. That's huge. A big, uh, a big uptick. Twenty five. Uh, it's up twenty five point four nine percent after hours just today. Yeah, it, but you know what? 
it looks good and it's buoying our entire portfolio. And another one, I, I'm SPAC crazy. So, yeah, once we learned about SPACs, we couldn't stay out of them. BCLS, we have Bain Capital, one of the biggest and most influential financial financial institutions in the world. They have a SPAC that's seeking a merger in the like technology sector. So just getting in on a big play that Bain is embarking in is pretty intriguing to me. So we bought that at $10. It's up about an, a dollar a share already. So looking pretty good. I, uh, yeah, I do like the specs. I, it's fo- it's so funny. To, I guess this just goes with learning about anything, but we went, I feel like we've been doing this podcast for a while now and no idea about specs. We learned about them and now I can't stop, you know, wanting to, to find out more and, and look for more and make more moves with them. Yeah, but we are on fire right now and that's what makes me think it's too good to be true. So we're up 8% in the past week. We're up 15% in the past month. 44% in the past quarter and 64% over the past 12 months. That's insane. It's incredible. I mean, that's, it's great. We're, and also it got me, it did get me a little nervous because I feel like I kept seeing all this stuff about, we, you know, we we're doing this podcast during the Trump administration, during the, 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 the pandemic, all this stuff. And everyone's talking about how the stock market isn't normally like this. And people are talking about how they haven't seen trading like this and how it's not going to be like this forever and all this stuff. And it got me in my head about like worried, you know, a little bit where it's like, all right, well, what if all the stuff we've learned is somewhat useless, give it in the next couple of months or years, because these are such unprecedented times based on everything I'm hearing. Um, And I feel like we're still doing a pretty good job. And uh, I I don't know, I'm not, not as concerned. Yeah. But now, now that we've been doing it for over a year, I think we can kind of look back and, we have a strategy now, right? We're, we're, I would say so. We're singles hitters, right? We're Tony Gwynn. We're chewing tobacco. We're taking what's easy there. We're good looking at our track record. We buy low stocks that we can, in like the 5 to $15 range that we really like, that have a good outlet, and we throw down like $150 as a, at a time. And we do that, we throw in like $75 a week-ish. That's kind of what we do. And once they get to where they are or where they're going, we flip the ones we don't like for the ones we really like, which is what we did with NIO, which is what we did with DraftKings and now Churchill Capital. So now we need to have, just we need to keep doing it. So we should be on the prowl, not just for these big plays, which is what we've been doing, but we need to look for those smaller intermediate plays to get us more chips because I, I whittled down our portfolio. We only have one, two, three, four. We have only eight different securities right now, which is interesting. Yeah. We have Nano Dimension, which is one of our small plays. We bought that for 286, 1482. DraftKings, we we bought it for like $20 originally, but then we did that stupid rebuy thing. We Neo, geez, we bought that for $13. It's 61 now. And so, yeah, our general strategy, we're holding on to CCIV, BTAI, HTBX, MJ, and then we have that Bain, that Bain spec. So we're actually holding like 20 to 30 stocks of everything we like. So let's start find, find, finding some smaller stocks to get in on. 
Absolutely. I think that's what uh, that's that's the goal for the next couple of days for me, at least, is because I've got a bunch of stocks picked um, that I haven't been able to do full research on. I sent them to you and I still need to do some research on them. But these are all these are all stocks that are a dollar or less. TNXP, BBI, ASRT and AITX. You already said AITX, but these are all stocks that are like a dollar or less. Um, that I think are definitely they're they're right in our wheelhouse. That, like you said, we look at these small stocks, and um, you know, you it's kind of thing where I'm learning that you know you take you take these smaller stocks and you put your money there, and if you can get a five percent gain here and there, uh, it really does start to add up. Every little bit helps, sort of thing. I know people hate when you say that. Sometimes I feel like I've heard people say they hate that, but it is true. If we can make these like small percentage gains here and there and flip them into other things, I mean, the movies, the money's constantly funding itself and constantly moving around. I think that's great. Yeah. So I think we have this. This is like what we do over a 12 month period. So we keep our plays that we like as they are. Let's just try and do the same thing every, every year. We put in like four to six grand in smaller stocks. And over the course of that year, we consolidate into like larger securities that will go as a chunk. Absolutely. Um, I, um, I made myself personally, I, I did, I pulled the trigger. I bought some AMC stock. I think AMC is a, we talked about that already, but I think AMC is a play that's worth looking into. Obviously, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen there, but it's, uh, I bought in at, uh, little over two dollars it's at 358 right now yeah people are gonna want to go back to the movies you can count on that yeah i mean what are you gonna go watch the new james bond you gonna watch the new james bond movie on your apple watch no you're gonna go to the cinema and sit in a chair yeah i'm gonna buy stocks in the brooklyn academy of music i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy blackberry stock oh yeah that seems great um Maybe that's one we should throw in on, actually, in the portfolio. I, that's right in there. I think on Monday, I'm going to cut off some... Uh, I'm going to trim some fat for my personal store. And again, this is not my advice to anybody. I'm not legally allowed to give advice. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. You figure it out for yourself. But I'm going to trim some fat for my portfolio. I think I'm going to sell my Carnival Cruise Line stock for a slight profit. And I'm going to sell... Um, I don't know. I'm going to sell. I'm going to cut some fat and flip it into into BlackBerry. Uh, I'm really debating on if I should uh, sell my Tesla and put all my Tesla into BlackBerry. Oh, God. I support it. Uh, what a gamble. What an, what an absolute gamble. Yeah, but this whole thing is an absolute gamble. That's the point. And speaking of gambling, I'm not just going crazy about activism and our investing. I'm also going crazy with gambling. I built my first predictive model it's really been fun and if anyone's interested i talk about it every day at two o'clock on the props network but yeah i what i do is i subscribe to a service that lets me know where all the bets are being placed all over the country and i i can kind of see when it shows me basically when someone places an incredibly large bet on one side so when i see that big money coming in I follow the money. I call it the whale tail. This ends with me dressed as the Gorton's fisherman holding the harpoon, gambling down by the river. It's going to be incredible. Uh, interesting. I like, I've heard of these predictive 
um, things and like the, the whole thing you subscribe to 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 find the bets are being placed. They're very interesting, you know. Yeah, and you just want to know if if a game is fixed. Now I'm on the right side of it. Right, exactly. Now you be the one who fixing it. Yeah, I'm fixing to do all right. So what else is fun and exciting? We got a couple palate cleansers to get us out of here. What's uh? Do we have those? Yeah, you got a couple fun ones in that document. Oh, I mean, let's see here. Well, we talked about going up with GameStop. Oh, palate cleansers. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we got. Let's start with this one. Um, the uh, this I don't know if this is a palate cleanser. It's kind of a scummy thing, but. Instacart. I've been thinking about You ever use Instacart? I never have. I was going to try it out for the first time, and now I never will. I know. that's the, That was my reaction. That's the first thought I had. I was going to try Instacart. I was like, I, the lines um, for the for grocery stores have been so long uh, around here, and uh, I just was like, maybe I'll try Instacart. Um, they're hitting, uh, they're, they're laying off uh, 10, I guess it's... Uh, Every employee who voted to unionize, they're they're getting rid of. How do you we support unions, don't we, Joel? We have to support unions, or at least you have the option of supporting a union. Yeah. If you entertain um, the possibility, you can go to hell. Ten unionized workers at a grocery store called Mariano's uh, were laid off, um, and other Instacart employees. The group. In Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, voted to unionize last year with the United Food and Commercial Workers local. Uh, it was landed a victory for the gig workers and represents the first time employees of tech companies that rely, rely predominantly on contact contract labor have formed a union. That's the thing that I think is going to happen a lot uh, soon because there's the whole Amazon union thing. They're not being allowed to unionize. Uh, the tech world is really behind on employees' rights. And, and it's not the tech world. It's the tech labor world. <laughs> so, oh, you're absolutely right. yeah, I mean, tech is doing all right by their workers. Yeah, you're right. They're giving them ping pong tables. They're letting them have draft beers. You're, you're right. It is the tech labor world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Instacart, not a good look for Instacart. Um, I did see a funny thing. I, I'm tired of seeing it. I don't know. I, I guess we could talk about this too, but I'm tired of seeing the Bernie Sanders sitting meme. I'm tired of seeing it already. And I saw Amazon used it in like some sort of like, not an ad, but Amazon tweeted out something with it. And all everyone responded with was, you can't use a Bernie Sanders meme if you're not going to let your uh, um, workers unionize. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're right. <laughs> yeah, mean, that's 100% a, they're right. That's a good point. Call out their asses. Hey, don't use the face of the person who most poignantly opposes you in your ad campaigns. Uh, Instacart said that it would transfer some of the impacted shoppers to other grocery stores and provide transition assistance to people looking for work. Um, So what a good time. You're you're laying off people during a pandemic for trying to unionize and uh, and better their lives. Very cool. What a cool company. Uh, What a cool move to make. Instacart, fuck you. We hate you. Yeah, and I'm sure that transition assistance for people you want to go to hell is comprehensive and helpful. Yeah. Um, Well, then, uh, this is a a real palate cleanser. Uh, We already know Kelly Leffler. She's out on her ass. I mean, not literally. She is. um, But she is out. uh, She's out on her no ass. No, her no ass. Exactly. Um, she's out on her washboard. Um, 
Ooh, we're body shaming this woman. Yeah, okay, we're. Uh, yeah, you you stick with hey on it looking bitch. Yeah, yeah, you got all that money. Maybe you stuck some hundred dollar bills in your butt, make it look like you got a butt. You know. Yeah, she likes um, money so much. She has the same face as George Washington. She does have the same. Uh, I don't really have a Jordan. ton of details on this. I just thought it was interesting because it was a big news story for the podcast and for the election. Um, the uh, the team, her team, uh, the Atlanta Dream. Uh, she's a co-owner, uh, and uh, their team, the team is being is close to being sold, which I think is interesting because they were they owned the team during the whole election. She co-owned the team during the whole election. They wore T-shirts with. Uh, um, what's the no, Warnock? That's the guy, right? They, yeah. With his, with his name on them, they she owned them throughout all this, or she co-owned them through all this, and then she loses the election, and now they're co. She's going to be no longer co-owner because the sale is is looking like it's going to go through. So, uh, I think that's great news. We hate her, and it's nice to see her team is going to be hopefully sold to someone who more aligns with what we believe. You know, actually, the reason Kelly Leffler sold her WNBA franchise is that she was uncomfortable saying the sentence, I have a dream. <laughs> I own the dream. I have the dream. Yeah, I know. In Atlanta? Get out of here. Uh, yeah, was, Kelly, we hate you. That was a uh, Look at this. Oh, my God. Look at her face. Look at this woman. Can you see her? Yeah, that's what she... Eyes. Man, I told look at that George Washington thing. I didn't think I was off base. If you're listening to this show, look at Kelly Leffler next to George Washington. They're the same lady. Yeah, they wore. Uh, yeah, we also we also the picture of uh, the teams wearing the vote Warnock. Uh, it was uh, obviously an endorsement for the guy who won, which is great. And uh, Kelly Leffler's opponent. Can you imagine how mad that had to have made her? I mean, I would have loved to have been in a room with her just to see her reaction when she found out that news because that is mwah, French kiss if ever there was. Is one. there any better feeling than voting against your boss? Like half the time I'm tempted to do that anyway. Vote for president, <laughs> not the lady I work for, I tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um <laughs> I'm downright goofy today. Yeah, it's good though. Um, what are you? What are you doing today? What are you doing after this? What do you got on your plate? I gotta go on, do my picks. I got a new Outcast record. I am gonna listen to and maybe get some yoga on while I bet profusely on these football games. Meanwhile, I'm gonna be tracking Twitter every fucking minute because you're stealing my quarterback. Do you think that's gonna happen? Yeah, I do. I think it's. Oh, I think it's I'm, Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis. As much as I. Indianapolis loves a white guy quarterback. I mean, Stafford's a good chip, and it's kind of it's kind of cool if you look at okay, sports boy for a second. It's cool that we're trading Stafford because we picked him first overall, and we're getting picks back from him. So it's like we went zero and sixteen back in two thousand eight. We got this asset Stafford, and now it's the end of the line, whatever. I'm very sad about it. But um, now we get to flip the asset, and we get the original cause back. It's like we owned a house, and we weren't renting this entire time. So, yeah, you know what? We're moving to a different city. It's for sale, and then we're going to relaunch with what we get for it. That's cool. Yeah, I I mean, I've heard, I would rather, I think, I don't know much about Matthew Stafford. You obviously know more about him than I do, but I've heard, I, everyone... I've talked to says Deshaun Watson would be a better fit, but not to get too sportsy, but you can't afford it. The, the cost Watson's like seven years younger. He's a little bit better and his best days are ahead of him. 
Colts are Stafford. Watson's going to go to the Jets, I believe. Yeah, that sucks for him. Uh, yeah, well, cool. I am going to go. I'm going to go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art today. That's sick. You sure you don't want to go to PS1? Look at that prison art. Is that where that's at? Yeah, $5. You can get you in the door. It's on, it's on your way. Double dip. Yeah, I'll have a double museum day. Two Museum Maddie. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I didn't know. I forgot there were football games on tonight. I'm so stupid. It's okay. You got time. You get. They don't start till 3 DVR and buzz through them afterwards. Beautiful. Uh, did you watch the uh, McGregor fight last night? Um, I was sad about Stafford and I went to bed early. Uh, that's fair. I understand. That. I told my fiance I had just been broken up with, and she understood. So that's very much to her credit. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, that's a big, big points for Gabby there for me. I understand it. What? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was broken up with. All right. We're going long. I'm gonna edit this bad boy. I had a great time. And yeah, if you guys see hear of anything that could be helpful with that prison bullshit, I know it's like speculative, but I have some faith. If you hear, see anything helpful. Please send it my way. Until next time, this is Hold Wait. My Bread. Wait. Wait. Don't forget, Patreon. Oh, yeah, the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash holdmybread. Yes, we love you very much. Uh, Patreon, spread the word. Thank you for listening to the podcast. All right, that's it. We can leave now. Patreon, that's a, that's a good thing.